Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Mike C., out in Franklin, Tennessee. I know you've had a rough couple months, but I, you're on the road to recovery now, my friend. Big hugs from Idaho. Welcome to the Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio, along with Nicholas Monahan. We are presenting episode 22. You are going to absolutely love this show today. We are going to talk about the following things. Heart-healthy activities for the holidays. Contacts and glasses. Coach Mike Leach passing. How often do Monahan and I see one another? Good Canadian food? The best thing about Canada? Why football isn't bigger in Canada? In case you haven't figured out, we're having a Canadian on. Handling big time pressure, getting through a divorce, and learning how to be resilient. All of that and much, much more on today's episode of the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Jason, out in Caldwell, Idaho. Thanks for all that you do for the Rubio Method. Remember, keep subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and of course, the NGBN.TV. If you have any questions for us, you can email Rubio at therubiomethod.com. Monahan, it's your time. You've got one minute for a minute with Monahan. Are we talking Hallmark movies yet? Uh, we are getting so close. I'm going to add it in there, but we've got five uh, heart-healthy activities to do during this holiday season. We're going to dive on in. Number one, super simple, is go out on a walk with your family. Check out those lights. Oddly enough, one of my favorite places to do that was actually in Tampa, Florida. Rubio, man, I know we, we love uh, uh, Tampa there, um, but that was one of the, the coolest spots that I saw, which is crazy because it was the summertime. It felt yeah. like in the winter. Um, number two is actually, this is a fun one is, uh, especially for my Northern folks is go out and play in the snow, uh, go play with your kids, build a snowman, go out there. I feel like we're all, no one's too old to go play in the snow. Um, number two is go outside and play games, right? Play catch with the football, go play a little hoop, shoot around. Um, if you're in a, a, a location that's a lot warmer than the north, go ahead and hop out there, play a little basketball. Uh, number three, Rubio loves this one. It's visit a museum this past weekend. I went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and visited the Harley Davidson Museum. And my phone must have broke because I forgot to text Rubio. <laughs> um, uh, number four, go bowling, right? It's so much fun, super easy. Everyone knows how to do it. Get out there, go bowl a strike. And then uh, last but not least, I hammer this one a lot because I think it's so good for just community and getting active is volunteering for a cause. Uh, so if you know a cause in your town, volunteer, get Get plugged in, get moving, get active, and that is your minute with Monahan. Monahan, I'm not even going to bring up the museum issue because I'm still hurt over that. But I do want a, just a little PSA announcement. You, you talked about the holidays, and as everyone knows, we are in the major holiday season, and it can be very, very rough for people. And I want to make sure that everyone has a homework assignment for this week. I want you to contact at least three people that you normally would not contact and just check on them. Just mm. give them a real quick checkup, even if it's someone that's super, super happy. I'm saying this because uh, Ellen's DJ, Twitch, and I don't even know this guy from anyone, but he uh, committed suicide yesterday or last night. And 
all you read about him over and over and over, starting to, in, including today, was how happy he was, how happy he was. So obviously he had some inner demons. So even if the person is happy, you got to go check on three people. That's all I'm going to say. That's my little PSA for that. And it's a very, very easy homework assignment. Monahan, what kind of email questions do you have for us? Yes, let's dive in. I just want to piggyback on that too. I almost... Uh, scrapped the five heart healthy things this week, uh, continued on with it because I, I wanted to actually echo what you said. Go check on your friends, even the happiest ones, because sometimes those can be the ones that are hurting. Um, so no easy way to kind of transfer out of that, but we're going to hop on in because we do love our uh, internet website questions. So let's dive in. We've got Joel in Bozeman, Montana. He says, I've hit the point in my life where I can't see anymore. And honestly, it's a bit depressing. Any device, advice to build me up? Um, and I would assume he's talking about seeing like his vision. Uh, mm -hmm. Fun fact, a year ago uh, this week, I went to the uh, eye doctor for the very first time and found out that I needed glasses. My whole life, I thought I was seeing everything correctly. I put these specs on. <laughs> hey, daddy's in HD. We're humming, <laughs> baby. Let's go. Rubio, you got any advice? Yeah. Yeah. Go get some glasses. Go get some contacts. See whatever works best for you. Monahan, did you know that I had LASIK? What? I actually oh. did not know that. Yeah. I was the kid who I was a very good athlete growing up playing baseball. And then all of a sudden, my one season, I think it was in sixth grade or seventh grade, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I couldn't. And I just didn't realize what it was. I go to take my vision test. And all of a sudden, I get these glasses. And... I get to the ball looks like a beach ball made ended up making the all-stars, but about 10 years ago, a little bit longer than that. I had LASIK done. My vision was actually 2,600 before that. So I was legally blind. I was the guy that had like the giant alarm clock and I put it to my face like this and I could still barely read it. So, but now I'm like 2015 and 2020. So whoever uh, invented LASIK, you're my, you're my man. Hey, shout out that person. <laughs> I love it. Um, next question. This comes from Bill, old dollar Bill in Northern California. Said, I saw that Coach Mike Leach, oh, Mike Leach just passed away and wondered if you guys knew him at all. I'm going to dive in on this one as well first. Uh, I saw that too. I was uh, completely bummed out about it. Um, Rubio, I actually talked to Samantha, her, uh, husband worked with him for the last five years at Washington state and Mississippi state. Um, didn't know that, but, uh, also I never played against him. He was always at Washington state when I played. So, uh, I never played against him, but man, I loved his, he was a walking soundbite. I thought he was one of the funniest dudes ever. I loved his dry sense of humor. Uh, great. yeah, everything I hear is such a great guy. What about you Rubio? Yeah, I've met him a couple times. Uh, one time I was driving actually from Miami, uh, driving into Florida Keys, and we'd pull up to our hotel. My wife says, what do you want to do first? I said, I'm going to go talk to Mike Leach. He's walking out of the hotel right now. She's like, what? And sure as hell, he comes out with a couple buddies. And I go, Coach Leach. He goes, Rubio, what's going on, my man? And it's like 2 in the afternoon, and the dude sits, and he's talking to me outside the lobby. I just pull up for about 15, 20 minutes to the point where I could see my wife doing one of these, like tap, 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 let's go. And I go, coach, I got to get out of here. He's all oh, Rubio. I'll see you later. All right. And then he just goes off of the sunset. So yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Truly, truly a great, great man. And if you have not pulled up any Mike Leach uh, commentary on YouTube, you have to do it. You have to. What's the final question, Monahan? Yeah, last one. We got Jose in El Paso, Texas says, you two seem pretty close, but you don't live near each other. How often do you guys see each other? 
Hey, I'm going to dive on it again. We see each other <laughs> once a year. Um, and that once a year was last weekend, baby. And it was an absolute riot. I loved it. We stayed up late drinking whiskey and vodka and <laughs> stories. It was awesome. You know what the best part about that weekend, Mana, has was when we went to that museum. Oh, sorry. And on that note, <laughs> Christian, I'm out. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Lisa, all the way down in Boise, Idaho. Thanks for always answering all my crazy, crazy Twitter questions. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Rubio Method. Keep subscribing on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, at ngbn.tv. And of course, if you have any questions, email rubio at therubiomethod.com. We have a phenomenal guest up from Canada or down from Canada, down from Canada. His name is Randy. I'm going to screw it up. Chevrier. 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 God, I, I, you just That's all right. 15 times and I knew I was going to mess it up. He's a Canadian. You'll be able to tell by the accent. Firefighter. Ladies, I might say, actually, you know, you know what? I am going to send one of your little modeling pics from your calendar <laughs> to, to Jeff, our editor, so he can post, put it up right now for all the ladies out there. He's a I'm former CFL <laughs> and NFL athlete, played for 16 years. He's a three-time Grey Cup champion, two-time Grey Cup loser. Okay, I, heard, I saw that as well. And the father of three boys, Randy. Welcome, my man. Thanks for having me. It's nice to uh, nice to connect in uh, in virtual person. Uh, I guess this is our <laughs> second conversation, first one face to face, sort of, and uh, on the phone. So it's uh, you know I've been following you and your career um, for for uh, for quite some time, and uh, yeah, it's it's great to connect. You're doing some great things down there. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I know when we talked, was it two weeks ago or last week? I remember I thought you said that, and I said got off the phone. I is that really the first time I've talked to this guy? Because I felt like I've known you because we've both been following each other for like 10, base over 10 years. I said, that can't be the first time I've talked to this dude. And then yeah. I, go back, I go, it really is. Jesus. Okay. Well, who knows? Number one, ready? Let's yeah. go. Let's go. What is your favorite Canadian food? Oh man, poutine. If I don't know if you know what that is in the States. I know but... what it is, man. I was hoping that it was going to be something else because I've been to Canada. I've had your food and I, poutine, that's really the it's... best. Well, it's, I mean, it's a delicacy, right? It's, it's uh, French fries, like the best potatoes, fresh cut potatoes. And then you, you put on cheese curd. And I oh, think yeah. cheese, cheese curd is like illegal in probably 50 states. <laughs> and, I, love, I love cheese curds and I love fries. You, and then you the gravy. Okay, now hold on. Christian, Christian is messaging me out right now. He's saying yes. Are you saying yes, Christian, that poutine is great? Or yes to my food connoisseurness is great? Because there's no way you can agree that poutine is fantastic. Oh my God, he oh, said it's yeah. great. No, we it's, need to find a new director, you know, editor. But but I'm going to tell you, there's people over the years that they've kind of evolved it to all kinds of different foods. They throw ground beef on it. They throw, uh, you know, uh, pulled pork and shrimp. Oh, no. no, you know what? It's the 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 potatoes. The cheese curd and the gravy. That's it. That's the only poutine that's that. We're, we're gonna poutine. we're gonna we're gonna move on because I I, I might have to end the interview at this point. 
<laughs> your musical tastes are all over the board. I, I was looking at your your little resume thing, and they're all over the board. Yes. If you could, if I could hire one person or group to sing for you and give you a personal concert in your house, who would it be? Alive or dead? Doesn't matter. Chris Cornell. Oh, that would Soundgarden. That's a damn good one. I know. Yeah. I, I guarantee Christian likes that one too. That that's that's a really good one. Chris too Cornell. On I mean, he doesn't even need to bring bring an electric guitar. He could just sing. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, Christian agrees on that one as well. All right. People need to know blank is the best part about Canada. Oh, man. Don't um, say boutique. I'm not going to say the weather because half the year no one wants to be here. But <laughs> uh, what's the best part about Canada? God, you know what? It's near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, I'm always going to push it to CFL. The Canadian okay. Football Th League, because not a lot of people know about. They know we got the Rockies. You got the Rockies. They know we got Moose. They know we got Poutine now and all this stuff. But a lot of people don't know the gem that's the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Okay, so let's talk about that. Why is football not bigger in Canada? I don't get it. I saw one of your posts where you were going around with your uh, fireman buddies talking to schools, giving inspirational speeches, and it was like the week of the, the, the Grey Cup. Yeah. And you, I think you posted that only three kids out of the whole damn school knew what the Grey Cup, which is your Super Bowl, yes. why is it not bigger? You know, the CFL has struggled for years. I think in the 70s and the 80s, the CFL and NFL were actually on par and they competed for – for players coming out of college. But then I think when the whole um, industry that is Las Vegas and betting on games really intensified the interest in the, U in, uh, in the NFL and Canada didn't have the same gambling rules, but at the same time, we're only a country of 38 million people. And most of those people love hockey. Yeah. So, you know, in the States, you've got 200 million people, uh, football become a juggernaut. The college football season, uh, system is yeah. huge. And so we don't have that infrastructure for it to be this big giant event. So it's it's kind of like the fabric of our of our history, but it's not super popular. And 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 you know it doesn't have the money to market itself the way you know NHL, NBA, MLB uh, market market themselves in Canada. It's just yeah, you can't get over that threshold of it's got a great fan base that's loyal. Yep, but they're not able to build, and and through COVID with the shutdown, uh, you know they always struggle financially. There were talks that they were going to get together. I think uh, the Rock, as he bought the rights to mm -hmm. the XFL, he was trying to. Uh, I mean, I wasn't privy to the discussions, but we can only imagine <laughs> that he was trying to expand and include the CFL in yeah. in what his plans were. And it seemed like both sides just agreed to kind of walk away, which is too bad. But at the same time, there was a lot of diehard. CFL fans mm -hmm. that are resistant to change. So we play three down football. We yeah, play on a wider, yeah. longer field, 12, 12 men per side. So there's a lot of nuances to the rules that make it. Honestly, I played in both leagues. The CFL is more exciting football. Like you watch well, yeah, it. It's, it's, it's quicker it, pace. Yeah. It's never over until the final whistle. Yeah. You know, no one's, no one's walking on the field with the last minute and a half in the game, which I always <laughs> found we're in the NFL. But, but that being said, you know, I'm a CFL purist, but I realize some rule changes need to be had. Some concessions need to be had to market it to the younger fans. Because, yeah. you know, kids living in Saskatchewan, which is probably the most popular uh, franchise in the CFL, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, mm -hmm. they're born and bred just kind of like um, in Wisconsin. You know, like the state yeah. of Wisconsin, they're cheeseheads, right? Yep, yep, well, yep, yep. Saskatchewan's kind of like that. But 
the rest of Canada, they're influenced heavily by uh, mass marketing of what's coming up from the States. So more people watch the NFL, more people watch hockey. And so it's really hard to fight against that when you don't want to have the resources and you're, you're coming from kind of a position of, you know, you're the fifth, fifth sport in North America. Yeah. I I would assume in your first four are basically hockey. Everyone loves hockey up there. It's a great sport. Yes. When you, you've, you've played in some monster games, you've played in five gray cups. You've played for the NFL and the CFL. What is your secret sauce to handling pressure? Oh man. I, I, you know what? It's a, it's a great story. I mean, I don't know if we have time, but I was signed with the New York jets in 2004. Yeah. James Durth was a long snapper. And they had, um, oh, geez, I can't remember the kicker now. Uh, It just escapes me. But basically, up until 2004, I was a nervous wreck, man. Like, when I became a pro athlete, I was a a highly recruited defensive lineman out of college. I thought I'd play D-line. And next thing you know, I'm mostly snapping. And it wasn't sitting well with me because I was very nervous. Like, I was so nervous. I would go home. I'd snap 100 balls to the ceiling. I'd go to the park. Like, I just... I was always a ball of nerves. And yeah. that was like from 2001, so my NFL rookie year, 2002, all the way to 2004. And I was always nervous. And I thought there would be a point in my career, uh, Rubio, where, you know, I'd snap a ball, I'd go back to the to the bench, drink some Gatorade, wait for them to call me again, right? I thought, <laughs> man, then I'll be, you know, then I'm a pro. But up until then, I felt like maybe I'm not ready for this. Uh-huh. So I go to the New York Jets, and, and the pressure was off me. They signed me as an insurance policy for James Durth. Okay. And uh, Mike Westhoff was the special teams coach and assistant head coach. And he had the power, which was different than any other team I've been to. He had the power to blow the whistle at any moment in practice and call either the punt team or the field goal team. So you could be in oh. the middle of, you know, uh, half, the, half the team doing skelly and half the team doing inside run. He blows the whistle. He calls field goal. Everyone runs, line up a field goal, and it's got to be good, right? Jesus. So what I noticed was, and this is what I know. It's like James Durth was a seven or eight year vet by that time. And our kicker, gosh, I can't remember his name, but he was like 10 years. And I think he was an all-star at the time. I, we could look it up. But but uh, what I noticed is these guys were pacing up and down the practice field all day long, like nervous as hell, right? Mm-hmm. So nervous. And I was like, holy crap. Like here I am like third year in, still trying to find my way. And these guys are established dudes and they're nervous as hell. And in that moment, I realized – the nerves are always going to be there. Always. They're always going to be there. And if you can distract yourself from them so you operate in that optimal performance zone, you can harness them. And on, from that point on, I'll tell you, it was like I went from like a crazy nut job snap, like snap to my mother if I had to in the kitchen, to I, I never took a warm-up snap again. I never I never did – like I never practiced like crazy uh-huh. in the offseason. I just did enough to polish my skill mm-hmm. because I knew if I did 3000 snaps the week before a game on Sunday, I would still be nervous. The second the offense took the field and it was third and long. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be snapping next on a field goal or a punt. And mm-hmm. when I realized I can block out the nerves for when I don't need them, I can use them when I needed them in that moment where, you know what? The nerves power me to do my job, which is snap the ball block and get downfield. So you, that, you use the pressure and the nerves basically as fuel. And it was one of those where you learn to control the flame. And that, yes. that, that's a really good thing. I mean, for athletes and not, well, everyone, because you're, like you said, you're always going to have nerves. You're always going to have pressure. But what, what happens when I learn it and how you use it. Yeah. And what I learned is the great, 
the greatest tool that I used for myself was distraction. So again, what the crazy thing is, like I'd pick some people out in the crowd. Now people would say, well, you're not paying attention to the game, but I was distracting myself from everything else, all the noise and just focusing when I had to on my job. So a lot of people ask me, Oh, do you remember that play in that game? Like I would not remember the score or yep. what happened in the game until I went back home and watched it on the replays because I was so focused on what I had to do. You and, you, you and I are very, very similar. And Christian just said, was the kicker Doug Bryan? Yes. Yes. Okay. Doug Bryan. Christian, you're yes. on the ball today. Yeah. Of course you always are Christian. Um, and, yeah. But you were, you and I are very similar in that when I would do live PATs when I was in college, I would talk to my guard next to me the entire play. And I'd be like, Myers, what's going on? What are we going to do for dinner? And he's like, Rubio, you're so fat. Why do you want to talk about food right now? But it was because I, if I ever started to really think about it, okay, I'm upside down. I'm going backwards. I'm looking at the clock and uh oh, everything's re relying on me. And it was just, it, it helped me to calm down because like, like you said, you just distracted yourself. Yeah. And then diaphragmatic breathing right before, you know, you, 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 you're about to perform falls in the huddle, take a deep mm -hmm. breath. Think about one key word. Like for me, I used to picture the number on my punter's chest or the, or the number of the holders inside number. And okay. that's, so it's like my, my punter for years, his number was six. So I took my deep breath, snap to the six okay. and then I'd go out and that's all I'd think about it. And for me, it was a simple job, right? It's, you know, some people have a, have a more, have a more broader based uh, attention needed for their job, like a quarterback Okay. But for, for, for guys like us, it was like, it was simple. But again, sometimes, you know, you look through your legs and the guy that's seven yards away on a PAT, looks like he's 40 yards away. Like, yeah. And then some days, oh, yeah, some days when you're feeling good and, and everything's focused, he's like right behind you. And it's like, here, take the ball, you know. <laughs> Randy, when I think of you and your journey, I have, and all you've gone through over the past, like say five to 10 years, I think of one word, resilience. In the past five years, you have adjusted jobs a couple times. You've gone through a divorce, which means you're basically solo parenting at this point. I know this wasn't easy, but you were here, and in my eyes, you're you're thriving. How do you, how did you do that? What what can you give to our viewers out there? Man, I tell you, resilience is is a learned skill, and uh, mm. you know you never want to be in bad situations where bad things happen. But the one thing I learned is that when bad things happen, the quicker you pick yourself up and and choose a, a positive attitude about what's going on, about where you can be, about the, the how you can rebound, the quicker you do. It started with me actually in college, my draft year, going into my draft year, I was working, uh, I was working the door. I was getting ready. I wanted to go to the NFL from a Canadian school where no one ever made the NFL. I mean, no one ever made the NFL from Canadian schools back in the day. And I set that as my goal. And the summer uh, prior to my final year at university, I was stabbed in the chest. I almost died. Uh, so, yeah, so I was stabbed in the chest. I was seven weeks, like, in a convalescent. Like, lay, I remember laying in a pool of blood on the street. And it was like, I, they told me I'd never play football again. And um, that moment when I landed on the ground, I remember it's like, I got to get back up. Like, like, it was, man, the story's long, and I know we only have three minutes. But basically, that moment was like, it, it galvanized my resolve to get back up and get to where I was. And I mean, I wound up coming back after seven weeks of convalescence. Like I had a tube in my chest, like, uh, like it was, it was nuts. I had only five weeks to prepare for my football season. And in those five weeks, I got back to the shape. I was the night I got stabbed. 
I wound up having like like the season. I say it's touched by God. Like that's what I believe in. Some people believe in other things, but because I'm not that good, I wasn't that good, and I wasn't that lucky. I wound up having <laughs> a great season. I got invited to the East-West Shrine game in the States as a Canadian. So I was playing with all these guys from Michigan and Texas. Like I remember, uh, what's his name? Big, big, uh, man, I'm forgetting all the names. Leonard Davis from <laughs> no Texas. When I, when I met Leonard Davis the first time, I shook his hand. I thought, yes, sir. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, I went to this East-West Shrine game, and then I got drafted to the NFL less than a year later. So when I had some experiences in professional football – like even the year later, I got cut by Dallas Cowboys halfway through the season. That's probably the most humbling thing you can have happen to you mm-hmm. as a person when the rest of the world knows that you are you got fired from your job. Yeah. And you can't defend yourself, even though there's a story to everything, because everyone just takes what they read in the newspaper as gospel, and you're toast. And you're looking people in the eye, and everyone asks you from your mom to your neighbor growing up, what happened, what happened, yeah, what right? Happened, what, happened, what happened? But in all those moments – I remember flying home from Dallas and I was like, man, last year I was lying in a pool of blood and I had the opportunity to be cut by the Cowboys. It's not how I wanted that story to end. Yeah. But when I chose an attitude of grateful for what I do have, I was able to focus on what I wanted next. And soon I bounced back. I went to the Bengals. I got to play in NFL Europe, which was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Uh, My NFL career kind of ended around there. I had to try out with the Jets. But I went on to play 15 years in the Canadian Football League. And my football career uh, and some of the lessons I learned in there has helped me in life. So life helped me in football, and then football helped me in life, even becoming a firefighter, you know, doing something at the age of 41 years old that, you know, young dudes are doing. And here I'm competing with these guys, and it wasn't even the physical stuff. It was like the volume of books I had to read. I hadn't read books like that since college. And here I am like, Okay, I could do this, and I did it. Actually, when I went in the fire department, oh, we got to cut it out, eh? No, no, keep going, man, keep going. When I was in the fire department, and I got this big stack of books on my orientation day, the first thing I thought back was 2004, training camp with the New York Jets. I walked in, and they put me on the O-line. I never played O-line in my life, and I got a playbook this thick. (laughs) And I learned it all. So when when I got into the fire department, and that was like I was intimidated. Like I have ADD and ADHD and anything you could think of. When I saw those books, I'm like, man, this is not just like breaking walls with axes and dragging people. I can do that in my sleep. This is like I got to learn. Man, that was so intimidating as an adult male going in and saying, I'm going to do this. And then just a stack of books almost knocked me out. And I thought back to 2004. I was like, I got this because I learned then. And then same thing, man, when I got divorced – no one ever plans for that. No one ever wants that. Yeah. And when it happens, uh, what, what have, you, you've, you realize that you're on your own pretty quick. Yes, and you, you realize that you can sit in it for as long as you want, but it doesn't go away until uh, you decide that it's time to make some positive moves. And I think I sent you my, my post about the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas tree was that, man. My, my living room, my, my little tiny house was like filled with boxes and my friend says you're gonna put up your christmas tree this year and i never got to it because i was just so overwhelmed and i just what, it, what randy's talking about i'll, I'll give him the backstory on this he if you follow randy on social media he has this great post that he did was it three years ago yeah right three, yeah about three years ago three years ago and it was basically the post about a christmas tree and he was talking about right basic when he went through his divorce he had 
a Christmas tree in the box and he just kept it in the, uh, it was obviously a fake tree, a fake tree in the box in the middle of the living room. And he just kept it there the entire time. And one of his buddies finally said like, dude, you're going to leave that tree up or what are you going to do it? And he just left it there. And then it was, it was basically an eye opening mo moment for you when you decided to take the tree out and like, yeah. okay, I'm not the first one to get divorced. I'm not going to be the last one. It's time to, you know, wipe the blood off basically and start moving and start getting up and going because you're not only representing yourself, you're representing your three boys. You yeah, got to show right. them like, Hey man, you can get kicked in the the sweet spot and you can still get back up. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. That one took a year. Like I, I, I had kept the tree in the box that Christmas. I was like, man, I don't, I don't have the energy this year. And I was feeling pretty bleak about it. And then the following year, you know, climbing out of that hole, like mm -hmm. putting putting stuff away, getting my life in order, you know, getting some furniture, getting all that stuff, realizing yeah. that, okay, I, I can do this on my own. Because, again, I'm not going to lie. I had a partner for 17 years. I was married for 17 right. years right out of college. You know, I did certain things. She did certain things. There were certain things I never touched. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to do that too. <laughs> and, and, and listen, you know, many guys will relate to this. And that Christmas tree, the one that's right behind me here, that like it's my favorite time of year because it reminds me Good. of the one year that might have been the toughest year in my life. And I climbed out of it and I climbed out of a few pretty deep holes that I'm like, you know what? There's not much I can't do. You know, yeah, even exactly. last year, you know, we, we, you know, last year I wound up signing playing football at the age of 46. Yep. You know, like I don't think there's much I can't do as long as I put my mind to it. I, lo I love the confidence, Randy. Where can people find more information about you? Should they follow you on social media? Obviously, they're not going to ask you for any food tips because you think poutine is the best. <laughs> might, where, where, where should they look for you? Well, I'm on uh, the easiest ones is is uh, Twitter and Instagram at Randy Chevrier. That's the easiest. I don't have a website. I'm, you know what? One day, I, I, my you're one of the people that I really look up to, and I'm not saying this because I'm on your show. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was telling my girlfriend that that. Uh, that I was going on your show. And I said, you know, you're doing it right. You know, you, you're doing what you love. You're coaching what you love. Uh, you, you're building. And I'm, I'm like that too. I'm just not there. And you know what? I do believe I can do it. Like I said, but I, I, I believe you can do it as well, Randy. Take There's me no a while. Doubt. So at, at Randy Chevrolet on Twitter and Instagram for now, maybe one day I'll get my website going and I might have to lean on you for some of that stuff. You're Any, all anytime, man, anytime. Anytime. And I'll yeah. give you some. I'll give you some tips on all that. And then I'll, I'll give you some tips on uh, food as well. Randy, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate it. We've got one more segment coming up. That's the bottom line. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Darren, and all of the great, great people out at Bernie's bookbank.org. If you do not know what Bernie's book bank is, you need to go check them out on the website. They do a ton of great things for kids in the Chicagoland area. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Rubio method. Be sure to keep following, subscribing, leaving great reviews on Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, Amazon, NGBN.TV, and of course, 
deep, deep swallow right there. If you have any questions, you can email Rubio at the rubiomethod.com. Here's our final segment, the bottom line for all of you new watchers and listeners. The bottom line is just basically stuff you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. So here we go. Number one, in case you forgot, you only have one heart, so you probably should take care of it. Like Monahan gave us those five tips for a heart healthy adventures, basically during the holidays. You could obviously do those year round. So number one is, in case you forgot, you have only one heart, so. Number two, resilience is a learned skill. Like what Randy was talking about, how he got stabbed basically four months before his big, big tryouts for football. And he's sitting there in a pool of blood and, hey, what do I got to do? I got to be resilient. I got to get up. So number two is resilience is a learned skill. And number three, 99% of the time, you aren't the first person to go through something bad. That was what he was talking about with his divorce. 99.9% .9 of the time, it's not, you're not the first person to go through something and you won't be the last person to go through something. So just suck it up. You can do this. Other people have done it, so you can do it as well. All right, that was a great, great episode. Thanks to Randy. Thanks to Monahan. Thanks to Christian with all the great responses in the background. And speaking of Christian, I'm out.